you're probably wondering why I'm talking right now because we don't do intros. But I just wanted to let you guys know, five minutes before recording today, Nick texted me and says he cannot make the episode because one of his soldiers did some dumb shit. Whatever, I don't know what's going on. But here I am on the episode without Nick. First episode I'm doing in a while without him, but here we go. But we got a guest joining me, you know. A lot of you people said, yo, you guys need to get him back on. So he's here, back by popular demand. We got Stone. What's up, what's up? Back like I never left. Yo, so since um your episodes came out, we got a lot of feedback. Like a lot of people hitting us up, talking about how they they related to your story and they were feeling it. So how's it been going with you? Like people been hitting you up and shit, feeling inspired or? Yeah, no, nah, it feels good to, uh, you know, just have some people contact me and like, you know, kind of just tell me and reach out to me and let me know how powerful the story was to them, how I reach out to them and um, just like certain ways. Um, had a few people on my job come up to me and kind of talk to me about it. Um, I also had a few people message me through like Facebook um, at a person through Instagram, things like that. Just messaging me through all that type of stuff. And, you know, like I always say, it's like as a person, you always want to be able to give back to people. And I feel like, you know, that's the main purpose of why I'm here. And just you know me being able to do that and having that opportunity to kind of like get my story out there, kind of get my struggles out there, you know, and and I'm glad that it related back to uh, tons of people. And like, I'm I'm happy about the outcome. And, you know, people always talk about this mental health issue and things like that. And it's like, the more people who are able to get out there and tell their story, the better that like this stuff is going to be battled with. And like, we could come up with a better solution. And like, you know, like, for example, it's like with the more minds and the more people that get together on a certain um, problem, like the more minds the more people, the more ideas and more thoughts that come out of this. So it's like, again, being able to talk about it is like a huge thing. And like, that's why like this platform is so big, especially with this podcast is like, you can take the average person who like you might not even know what their back what their backstory is. They can get on this podcast and they can share their story and again it can change someone else's life. It can relate to them. It can it can it can help someone in the situation and things like that. So again, like this is why like this platform is huge and I'm glad that I was able to get on here and share my story. Did you have anyone hit you up that you were like surprised by? Like that you were surprised they listened to the podcast and hit you up about it. Like, you don't have um, to say names. Just, ha- what, did anyone, was there any surprises? Yeah, there's a few people who hit me up who I was honestly surprised about who listened to it. Um, honestly, like, you know who they are. I'm not going to share names, but there was a few people who I was honestly surprised mm-hmm. about. People, someone, people who, like, I really haven't communicated with where I wasn't that, you know, uh, particularly close with is, like, contact me through it. So, you know, it was cool. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought people who'd even fuck with us. Well, I thought they didn't. We're commenting on posts and shit. How, you know, they fucked with the pod and all the shit you were saying on there, which was pretty cool, so. Yeah, like, I mean, freaking, for example, I'll give a shout out, um, the dude Frank Barbera, your, your, uh, guy's big listener and shit, like, him commenting on that post, like, and him, and him kind of expressing and sharing, like, his personal, his personal battles that he dealt with. And similar things that he kind of dealt with, with, um, same thing as me too. But, you know, even a guy like that, like, I would love to hear his story and just kind of like see what his kind of upbringing was and kind of what his background is. And again, that just goes back to like your guys' platform because like you're allowing people like that 
like your everyday people who like you necessarily kind of like just like overlook you don't think about what again what people are going through and things like that so it's like even like so like someone like him like hearing his story would be like something that can be eye-opening to a lot of people like I was kind of trying to explain before so you're right though a lot of ordinary people don't get this platform everybody on podcasts are rich ass people athletes celebrities in some way there's rarely podcasts out there getting ordinary ass people out there telling their day-to-day struggles like real life struggles millionaires all these pro athletes and shit got different struggles than the ordinary person yeah so like, that's the real grind you know yeah like you can you, like for example you can get these people who are on who are on like these interview like these interviews and like these podcasts and things like that and it's like they share their struggle but like yeah they share their struggle but then again like they still had a lot more privileges than a lot of other people like for example but there is some there is some podcasts out there who like have people who are like really like been through the type of struggle that like you know like us type of people go through and things like that and like there is some of those platforms but like there's a lot of platforms out there who don't give again the average person the opportunity to be able to share their story you're getting stories from rich people famous people athletes actors actresses all that type of shit when have you ever got when have you ever heard an interview of like someone who works a nine to five or someone who does like i don't even know what imagine like if you just interviewed let's say for example like a bartender Imagine some of the stories that you'll get from an average, like an ordinary person like that, that you wouldn't, that you wouldn't necessarily get from like other type of people. So that is true, and also like we had arena guys on here. Like they're at the end of the arena guys, overseas guys. They're just ordinary people. They ain't getting paid mills, but they come on here and got crazy ass stories from experience and different experience doing. Because you know some spots be fucked up, whether that's arena or overseas, it happens all and any any shit but i'm just saying their stories are insane some of them <clears throat> and it's like yeah like that's another thing too it's like it's always cool when you see like these other things like um what's the other shit like i'm at like i'm an athlete and like all these other things where like these professional athletes come out with their stories and they tell about the nfl and it's like it's really cool to hear about the nfl and like these superstars and like some of the like crazy stories that they have but then again like it'd be also cool again like you talk about like someone even like you or someone like you know, like other people who play overseas, like hearing stories of what it's like playing over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it, you probably have, crazy shit. you probably have stories that are equal as, as interesting or even crazier. Cause it's like, you're living in another country. Like imagine a lot of the shit that like you're experiencing and like all that other shit. Like you don't know what, what some of these dudes came across or like even like the dudes who are from there, born there, like the shit that they grew up and seen that is so different from the culture that we have in like our country. So it's like, having like having different people like that is 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 i think is really cool so i mean that's why i'm saying like like i don't mean to be on here and preaching about your guys podcast and all but like just like honestly just like the shit that you guys are doing like continue to do and like find people that like have like you know like interesting backgrounds and things like that and like get these people on like you know like you got tons of people who you can get on here and it's just like i'm 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 very curious to see what the future holds for you guys with like well like guests and things like that so like it's it's exciting see the big thing is we got a lot of listeners and i'd love for them just to hit me up and be like hey um let me come on and tell my story but the problem is people don't have enough courage to come out here and do that mm-hmm. but hoping the more people i get on like you is gonna inspire someone else to be like oh shit like i can go and like mm-hmm. use this platform as well so like if anyone out there is listening you know 
Fuck, hit us up if you want to get on here and tell your story. Because it's like, you think about it, right? It's like, a lot, there's probably a lot of other people out there who probably listened to my interview and probably were thinking in their head, like, who is this person? Like, you think about, I think about myself like three, four, five years ago. I'm a completely 360 of 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 a person than I was then to now. So it's like, for me, like, I was like immature and all this other stuff. And it's like, like me being able to finally figure out like and be able to be a man and be able to confront my battles and my struggles and be able to express that sort of thing like that's why I'm saying like me being able to express that I want to inspire other people to be like hey let me get my story out there and this is why this shit is all connecting back to why I'm talking about this whole shit it's because it's like me sharing my experience I want again I want to inspire people to share their experience and this is a perfect platform for that because this platform gives the average person, and it doesn't have to be a celebrity or whatever it is, the average person the opportunity to share their battles, their struggles, their life story in order to touch someone else or in order to just be an eye-opener for someone. That is facts. And like, How do you feel like, you, since you got your story out there, that you might have inspired other people? Other people you don't even know. like They listen to your shit, right? Mm-hmm. On this platform that we filmed in this attic, and was like, they were inspired by that shit. Like, what do you think about that? Because me and Nick were talking, like, we still find it's weird people fucking actually sit down and listen to us, you know? Well, it's like, I mean, again, just I kind of express it, but like, even just expressing it a little bit again, just like, I'm, I'm honestly like just blessed to be able to like again be able to be on this platform, and this opportunity to be able to share that story, and again, like I was I was talking about like we're put like like we're put on this earth like we have to like we all have purpose and like i feel like part of my purpose is is giving back to people like you go through these struggles these trials and tribulations for a reason right so you take those struggles trials tribulations and the lessons that you learn and you pass that down to other people so those people don't have to deal with the same sort of struggles and and, and, you know battles that you have to deal with so I mean, that's why, like, again, you say, telling me how I feel about it, like, again, like, I feel, I feel blessed to have that opportunity, and I'm just glad that I was able to touch someone, and being able to, to, to have that be able to relate to multiple people is even better, like, even if I've related to one person, I'm satisfied, because I'm at least changing one person's perspective, or, like, kind of outlook on certain things, but again, being able to share that and have that opportunity to have that spread to multiple people is a blessing, so, yeah. That shit, that shit's crazy. No, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I was that shit was dope that you came out and told that. Not a lot of motherfuckers would do that, bro. Nah, and that's like the whole thing that I was talking about too. It's like people, people love to like get have their pride get in the way of them, or like it's not even necessarily their pride. They're just like they're nervous or like they're like they're afraid to take that step. And it's like I feel like that's a big thing too in life. Is like people, people like. I feel like everybody in a point in their life either has that moment of where it's like sink or swim. You know what I'm saying? Like where you're really put into a situation where like you're deep down, like mentally you're thinking in your head, there's no way that like I can like get out of this situation, fix this situation or whatever that is. You know what I'm saying? Like you hit that some, you hit that wall at some, some point in your life and like it's either like sink or swim type type of thing. Right. And I just feel like, too, like, when people, so I, and it's kind of weird to explain, because, like, some people, like, um, how do I explain it? It's, like, people are, like, afraid to take that next step in life, because I'm afraid of, a, I think, because it's afraid of failure, or, like, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of like that. And it's just like people trying to get on the podcast and trying to explain it. To explain their struggles and things like that. I think people are nervous and afraid. And I don't know if it's because it's because of judgment, maybe from other people or whatever, whatever it could be. I just think like, I don't know, it could be that sort of thing. But I don't know. Like I said, if you if you have this opportunity, share your story. So. So you're in here right now. You're talking a lot of shit right now, right? You're, you're <laughs> spitting a lot of facts at 22 years old. You're kind of young. Like, how did you develop this mindset already at 22 years old? Dudes are de- talking about this shit in their 30s, 35. I listen to Mike's pod, Mike Studs podcast, and they were saying, bro, he's 33 years old. Like, just figuring shit we're talking about right now. He's just figuring on at, at 33. You're 10 years younger. How have you like? What transition to this mindset you got? Like the shit you've been talking on your last episode and this one right now. I mean, it's like. Uh... I'm not trying to sit up here and just and, and just be thinking that, like, every time I'm going to get on an interview, like, I'm going to sit here and try to be speaking facts and, like, spit this and spit that. Like, it's not even that, bro. It's just, like, I think I've, lear- I think I've experienced a lot more than the normal, like, 21, 22-year-old person has. And, like, I've shared to you guys, like, in the last story, a lot of deep shit, again, that I said to you that I never shared to other people before. Let me tell you something, there's a lot of shit that's even deeper down that's probably, that's never been spoken down before too. And it's like, so, I mean, I've had experiences and like, I'm not, I'm definitely far from, from perfect. I'm definitely far from having life figured out. Like there's still a lot of things that I have to figure out and a lot of things that I have to do in my life that I have to get straightened out. But like, just being able to like, I don't know, like one thing that I learned is, is like life it's all about perspective, right? And it's about how you look at it. Um, there's a lot of times going back to kind of what I was saying, like when you hit that wall in your life and you kind of have that situation on whatever that is, a lot of people get this mindset of like negativity and it's like you get so caught up in your negative thought, your negative process in your mind that it's like it becomes like you start to believe that you, shit. You start to believe it and it becomes you in a sense. And it's like, I was in that situation for a while, for like a year and a half, almost like two years straight of like trying to find an outlet to blame, trying to like say to myself, like, this is happening because like, I'm never going to get a break in life, like this and that. But at the end of the day, bro, it's like when you change your mindset, right? And you like, literally, it's like, it's like literally you're, I don't know what the fuck's beeping outside. It's like you're literally re- rewiring your whole entire brain, right? Like you're going from every single day, negative, negative, negative. Like there's people who are prob- who are stuck in that negative mindset for the rest of their life, continuously making excuses for why certain things happen. And that's what I was talking about before. You have these people who can't figure out their identity or like figure out who they are. Because, like, it's like one one week I'm this, next month I'm that. We know a lot then of I'm people that. like that, too, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you have people like that. And then, again, you fast forward in life. By the time they're 40 years old, whatever, they're still in the same place in life. Why? Because they're caught up in the same mindset, the same cycle every single day. And, again, that goes back to me talking about, like, perspective, right? Life is how you perceive it. And it's like, I look at it in the most positive way I could possibly think of. Like, I always try to find the positive out of every single negative, right? You can always find that out of something. How 
it's how you perceive it. Like, for example, um, me fo- coaching football, right? Um, let's just say I have a kid who comes flying up and just misses a, a wide open tackle, right? I can look at it. I can look at that situation. I can say to myself, like, what the fuck? This kid's not doing what I told him. Like, get your head up, blah, 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 all this other shit. No, I can look at it and be like, hey, look, you came in good. You came in with good speed. You came aggressive. And let's just say, for example, you put your head down last minute and didn't see the guy, so that's why you whiffed. That's the coaching sandwich right there. You take a little bit. You take a little bit of positivity, and then you sprinkle in the coaching, and then you just have that how like how to like how are you going to fix it you know what i'm saying so you have that balance of like positivity and then you have that balance of that so again that just goes back to how you perceive certain situations and that's why i think a lot of times in life like people get caught up in that consistent negative mindset and you just get caught up in that cycle and then next thing you know you're 40 years old and you're stuck in the same place making the same money that you were at 21 22 years old and then and also too like to build upon that, I think finding, talking about your purpose as well, like I kind of touch on your purpose and me talking about some part of my purpose is like giving back to people. Um, I think another thing is, is like for people understanding what your purpose is and finding what your purpose is. Like I knew from day one what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a football coach. I wanted to play football, all that other stuff, right? Everybody at one point in their life had a dream of what they wanted to be whether that be a football player, whether that be a doctor, whether that be whatever, right? For whatever reason, people don't achieve that because there's such a negative stigma behind people wanting to achieve high goals from people who are stuck in that negative mindset of what I was just talking about. Bro, like, peep this, right? Bro, I remember being in college, right? Maybe going around the classroom, right? I'm talking about... um... What do you, oh, what's your, what's your career path? What do you do when you want to get out of here? Whole time I'm sitting there thinking like, shit, I'm just want to be a pro football player. I'm trying to get this, like, I, I want to get paid to play football. And, but I didn't want to say it to the class because I, you know how other motherfuckers be like, oh yeah, that's well, not realistic. You know how, you know what I'm saying though? Well, and I don't even want to hear that bullshit. Well, now nah, that's a whole thing too, right? It's just like, you sit there, you have like a lot of teachers or you have like a lot of people or like older people who you talk to and they're like, yeah, like, what do you want to be when you're older? And it's like. I want to be a football player. I want to be this. I want to be that. And they'd be like, ah, you know, that's not realistic, blah, blah, blah. How I look at it, right? This is like from a young age, you looked at that thing, that certain thing. And you said to yourself, like, I love this thing. Like, this is what I, this is, this is like me type shit, right? Me as a person who's above, I'm going to support that person regardless and tell them like, yo, if that's your goal, blah, blah, blah. Like, like, I hope you do it. Then I also say that to them. Right. If you don't if you don't achieve your goal, let's just say of a football player, there's other outlets behind that. You could become a football coach. You could become some sort of athletic director. Right. You can even just we need more people to be able to like gear kids in the consistent direction of what they what they wanted to be at an early age. You kind of get what I'm saying? I hear you. And it's like that's like what I'm saying, like finding your purpose is is like a huge thing. And I think a lot of people who who are like older or like in certain positions, like, they, they give too much of a negative outlook on life, and I think it kind of diminishes um, younger people, and that's what I think 
you get a lot of times of like people not wanting to achieve the goal that they originally wanted or they're afraid. And like fear is a huge thing too. So, bro, because they're scared. Like, if you say some wild shit, like they're scared they're going to get laughed at and motherfuckers are going to judge them mm-hmm. about it, right? Bro, because. Even to me, people people said, oh, like, oh, when you get in a real job, like, some bullshit like that. But it's like, I'm doing shit y'all never done before. Yeah. Like, y'all probably never left, like, no offense, but y'all probably never left. The people who are talking shit probably never even left, like, the country before type shit. And it, but they're talking down on me because I'm doing more than they've ever done, you know? Well, it's also, too, because it's like, think about this. Like, you lived in Idaho. You lived in... You lived in Barcelona. You're about to go live in Germany. Yeah. Like, bro, you're about to live in all these countries, experience all these different cultures, be able to play football all around the globe, and, like, you, and, like, still, like, being able to build your resume, and you're only 24 years old, like, your your opportunity is still out there. Like, you're a good enough football player, like, to be able to achieve that goal. So, it's, like, you're continuously out, you're continuously living out your goal of becoming a football player and on a professional level. And you're able to do it while traveling the world. And it's like, that's another thing you just said, you just said, right? You're talking about someone said, when are you going to get a real job? That again, goes back to a person who's in a, who's older in Mm -hmm. in an older position, who's saying, who's probably themselves stuck in a negative mindset, trying to pass along the same shit to you because their perspective on life is so bad. So it's like, bro, what I'm saying is, is like all this shit that I'm trying to explain connects into one which becomes which is which was the biggest lesson that i learned and that all goes back to perspective so it's like the way you look at life ultimately is how you live it like how you're gonna enjoy it like you think your life is shit for the rest of your life your life is gonna be shit because you think it's shit right it is what you make it and that's all that shit that i'm saying right there is just connect it all into that so I think you just unlocked the universe. Huh? I think you just unlocked the universe. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I just... I don't know. It's just, like, something that I kind of just, like, figured out kind of a little bit along along my path, so... Bro, you think how much you said... This is going going way back from earlier, you were saying. How much you changed within five years, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because... Now that we live in New Britain, and we'll roll through Middletown, and we'll be talking about, oh, like, we did this there, we did that there, blah, blah, blah. Like, shit we've, you know, we done growing mm-hmm. up, just memories and shit. And it's like, that shit doesn't even, like, that shit don't even seem real, because it's like, we've changed so much from that person. It's like, it's literally not even the same person. No, and it's like... You drive by, like, where you, like, you used to live. And, Doing like, dumb you shit. And all your friends used to, like, hang out. And it's just, like, dude, it almost feels like... It, does, it doesn't feel like it's real. And it's kind of, like, almost like a flash. It's, like, not a flashback. It's kind of like a movie, almost, when you think back on it. It's, like, not real. But, like, I don't know. You could still visualize, like, the shit that, would like, kind of happened. So. Bro, I hope people can understand, what, like, feel what we're saying, though. But, yeah, dude, it's, like, it's like low-key trippy, bro. Mm-hmm. It's, like, that just shows how fast, like, life goes by. Because that's not even that long ago. You're 22, no. I'm 24. Like, what the fuck? That wasn't even that long ago. We just moved here, what, a year and a half ago? Two year years and a half, now? Two years now, two years now. So. Yeah, so anything beyond the past two years seems like a straight blur to us, which is wild. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure you could probably barely remember, like, that you played football. Like, you feel like you haven't identified as a football player in forever, probably, right? Yeah, no, nah, like... The last time that I actually identified myself as a football player is probably like probably like three years ago at this point, which is kind of crazy to think about, but I mean, 
it's whatever. Kind of like the title of being a coach. You walk around, everybody's like, coach, what's up? Coach this, coach that, which is pretty cool. Also, too, like, being a coach, like, it's always good to kind of, like, not have to fucking and be in pads and sweat and do fucking hard-ass practices in two days anymore. You kind of just, like, you know what I'm saying? This is the part I we never even got into, and I just remembered it. We need to talk about, in Idaho, you, a 21 defense, 21 year at the time, 21 years old, you are leading grown men at, from the ages of, what, 23 to 36 years old. You're leading them. They're listening to you. They're calling you coach. They're like, yo, coach, and watching a film with you. Like, how were you able to, you know, have that friend relationship off the field like we did, everyone know you did, and then have that coaching respect on the field with them? Um, I think it's, I think it just kind of comes down to how, like, you, like, perceive yourself and like how you kind of like put yourself out there um i think like for me personally like i'm one of those people who are just kind of like adaptable like i I think i think like i'm able to like fit into like a lot of different sort of like crowds and like i'm able i'm able to kind of like pick up on like how certain people kind of are which is which is a good thing for me especially like you know being a coach like that gives you the opportunity to kind of like figure out how you're going to communicate with a certain type of player a certain type of person whatever but also to to add upon like how I was able to do that like another lesson that like um someone taught me one time too it was like at the end of the day like it all comes down to like how you perceive yourself of how I said before like I can say something to you and not know what the fuck I'm talking about and like <laughs> and, and, and be completely wrong but the way I'm coming off you're sitting there thinking in your head like this guy sounds like he knows what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, you could probably... Honestly, I'm gullible enough. You could probably convince me of some you, shit right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I, I believe it. Like, if you told me some shit and it seemed logical, I'd be like, you know what? He's probably right. I yeah. wouldn't even fact check you. Yeah. But no, but like... But like... But the way I... But the way I came off to them is just like... I'm I'm about business, which I am. You know what I'm saying? Like... I hear when you. it comes to football, like... It's... It's... It's go, like... Anytime where we're talking about that outside the field, bro, like I'm gonna bullshit. I'm always in, no matter what, like outside of football and shit. Like if we're chilling, like we'll say even warm ups at practice or like whatever, like that. I'm gonna be bullshit with my players. Like at the end of the day, like we're gonna have to communicate with each other. We're with each other all the time. Like we're gonna have to be friends at some point. Like you're not friends, but like have that relationship of being able to communicate with each other. Bro, that's the shit I'm talking about. It's like, like Reynolds was like cool. Like a cool coach off the um like off the field, right? But then you have these dickheaded coaches, you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? Dudes who just wanna yell and you know, just curse you out and then mm-hmm. walk by you off the field. You know what I'm saying? There's coaches like that. And it's like for me personally, like I'm one of those coaches where it's like I kinda look at it as is like when I introduce something to you, let's just say like coverage technique, whatever. Whatever it could be. First couple of days, maybe like first like week and a half, two weeks, it's educational time. Like you're learning. It's something brand new. It's something that you never learned before, right? So it's, it's going to take what? Take time to figure out. So it's like you get these coaches where it's like you've had it before where it's like you come, in a, you come into a, a, a team meeting one day or like a positional meeting mm-hmm. and it's an install of something brand new. Yeah. Right? You go over and coach like any questions boom no no one's everybody's good you feel good at the time too like you you got it you get in the field you start fucking it up at practice like a couple reps 
and you're getting chewed out. Mm-hmm. Like, for me personally, like, I'm not going to yell at you. Like, I'm going to walk up to you. I'm like, hey, step back. Let's walk through it again. I'm going to be with him. Go through his steps, 50%, watch the play, go flow through it, and then boom, go full speed, figure it out, and then he goes again. That, there's an educational period. And I, and then, like, once you f- get that gauge of, like, guys start to figure shit, certain shit out, that's when you start to get on their ass. But I think coaches, a lot of times, start getting on players so much that it puts so much pressure on a person or individual that it's like, I come to practice and I'm so worried about not fucking up that that's all I'm thinking about. And, like, I'm not playing loose. I'm not playing free. And it's, like, that's why I'm saying, like, it always comes down to, like, a fine balance. And, like, when I communicate with my players and things like that, like, I'm going to be educational, but I'm going to be firm at the same time. And that's why I'm saying, like, when it comes to football, like, we're locked in, like, and then when we get off the field, like, we could chill. We could talk about certain stuff. Like, I'm always going to be that coach that you can come to and speak to. But when it's time to go, it's time to go. Bro, but that's a coach fucking players are going to want to play hard for, you know? Mm-hmm. I've had those coaches where you're like, holy, if I, I better not fuck up right now or this guy is going to kill me. Mm-hmm. So you just have straight, like you were saying earlier, straight negative thoughts going through your head because you're thinking this coach is a maniac. He's not coaching you on anything. He is just going. Mm. He's just freaking out on you, you know? And I think that gets that gets nothing accomplished. Like, you lose, the, you lose the locker room by the end of the season. You probably had a coach in your pastime, too, where it's like, even off the field, you felt like you were afraid to communicate with them. Bro, 100%. Like, you had, you had that coach where it was like, it was kind of odd. It was, it was like, kind of oh. like you. It was kind of like you couldn't be yourself around that coach. Like you couldn't feel comfortable, right? Like, and that's the number one thing that I want my guys to that like my guys that I coach like to have. Be yourself, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yo, you know, <laughs> there's these coaches out there who just fucking scream. Yes, you like, know what I'm saying. You have these coaches. That's not, but that's not them. Like you're not that guy. No, you have these coaches. Who just scream, 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 and it's like, at one and like I said, you're getting this mindset where it's like, oh my god, all I'm thinking about is not fucking up, and then you get these other guys where it's like, you're scream, scream, scream to the point where it goes in one ear and out the other, and those are the kids who don't give a fuck. Those are the kids who are gonna just stand off in the back, go through the motions. Once practice is over, be the first guy to leave, last guy to get in, type deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and that's why. Me, as a coach, I want everybody to be themselves. I want everybody to have an enjoyable experience. Like, as a, as an individual, as, a, as, like, individual goals for myself, like, my number one thing, positive experience for my players above everything else. Like, yes, winning, wins and losses and all that shit's important and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's a, it, the experience that you give the players is ultimately what you want to have be the best thing for them. And it's like... That's how I always think about it, too. You got to want the players to be like, damn, I don't want to lose this game for coach because they know mm-hmm. how much you care about them and the team. You know what I'm saying? The players, you got to make players want to know, like, they want to come to practice. You've been on teams where it's like, fuck, we <clears> have <throat> practice today because you know the practice is going to be shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's another thing, too, is, is like, I like, I want my players to have the mindset of that they never want to lose 
in that they always want to be better than the person that they're going against, right? I want these guys to have the mindset of where it's like, if me and you were to stand up right now at the same exact time, I'm going to be, get to the door first before you. Even just those little sort of things, I want my players to have that sort of mindset, you know, like, and it goes back to me, you being yourself again. Like, when you're yourself and you're playing loose and, like, you're playing, like, that's your that's when you're at your peak. That's when you're at your top performance, right? And it's like, for me, like, that's what I like. I want my players to line up and I want them to tell the other person that they're better than them. I want them to have that confidence because it's like, when you don't play with confidence and you play with fear or you play timid because you don't want to fuck up on your scheme, you will never win. You'll, you might have a few games where you'll be, you might be a good team, right? You might have strict coaches who got their kids so scared to fuck up, like they'll try to do things to a T. Mm-hmm. But at some point, like that sort of shit's not going to work. You want guys who are playing loose, fast, and having fun while they're playing. And it's like, that's why for me personally, that's why like having my kids being who they are and that's it. Like, no one wants to play with restrictions. There's no difference between playing football in front of 100,000 people than there is playing in your fucking backyard. At the end of the day, all that matters at that football game is what the fuck is happening in between the lines. Like, that's all that matters. And it's like, that's why I always tell people all the time, no difference. If me and you were playing football in the backyard, I'm going to have the same exact mindset as I am in front of these 100,000 people. Exactly. And that's all. And that's what I try to spread and kind of like trickle down to my to, to my players and shit like that. And that's how we grew up. We was always competing in everything we did. Mm-hmm. Talking shit, fighting over it, all that bullshit. But like, that's obviously some little ass kid shit. But I'm going to be honest with you. Like all biases aside, like I'm not, I'm not joking either. The best our defense looked in Idaho is when you took over as defensive coordinator. Oh, yeah, I would say what? that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest, this is the first time I see Ernest come up in the run game in his life at Idaho. Bro came up and was filling. I'm like, who the fuck is and, that? And, that and, mo- and, it was Ernest, and, and, not o- and not only that, too, Diamond, Corey Diamond of Herds was fucking containing the edge, which he was struggling on, and then we get to the game, and he's got his fucking shoulders squared to the line of scrimmage, shuffle, 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 squeezing the line, fucking taking away the outside to his side. And I'm like, bro, we look good right now. Fucking came out, we were running fucking man-to-man almost every single rep, and then we'd mix in our little other shit. And, like, no, but, like, we look good. And I think it just comes back to, like, I don't know, just, like, just like simplifying shit to the absolute possible, like, for example, like, I think a lot of football coaches complicate the game of football so much. Like, you know why we played so good? Is because we ran two to three coverages on defense. That's it. Two. Two. The third one we were called once. Yeah. Right? So we ran two coverages all game. Think about this as a defensive player or, like, a football player or anything like that. If you know in your head you have two coverages all game and you rep those two coverages all practice, like half field, full field, team, indie, all these reps over and over and over, how comfortable are you going to feel going in the game knowing that you got two two things to do, two different things? Either I have this guy man-to-man or I got my certain zone. You're going to go in that game feeling good, like not worried about nothing else besides what your matchup is and all that other shit, right? So that's why I'm saying like 
a lot of coaches also like complicate it where it's like you try to add so much or you try to throw in a wrinkle here or a wrinkle there like keep shit basic like i'd rather have i'd rather go into a football game and run again one to two coverages than go and run some shit that i know my kids aren't fully comfortable with and like a lot of coaches don't understand that a lot of coaches try to coach to their scheme and not to the type of players that they have and that's an issue with a lot of teams too. So shit, you change our whole practices. Mm-hmm. We 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 were scheming. That's the big difference I noticed too. Because the shit we struggled on, we repped the hell out of in practice. So like you had the defense repped the hell out of. And then I saw in game day that shit transition. Like the play with Corey, you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. He got beat on it the last time we played Oregon. You said you repped mm-hmm. it all fucking week in practice, and he made the play on it, which was dope. Well, what I did was too was a thing that I did to prepare us was. I went back and watched the two previous games that we played against that team. And I charted every single run play. I charted every single pass play, right? And as soon as I got every single play down that they were running, I went back and watched every watched every single play again and checked off how many times they ran a certain play. So, like, I had a mark, marker written down of how many times they called a specific combination route or a run play against us. And then went back, watched the whole entire games again and figured out what plays that we got beat on and like wrote every single play down that we got beat on and what plays we got beat on the most and for the biggest gains. So if you think about that, I was probably putting in, I probably put that, I'm putting in 12 hours of work probably on that. A game, per game. Per game. That's some, that's some. I'm just saying. That's some psychopathic coaching shit right there. Just based off of film only probably just 12 hours 12 hours of film i'm probably putting in because the more i'm thinking about it right i'd wait i'd wake up in the morning i'll probably watch about two hours of film break it down get a plan together for practice and then i'd get back home watch film from probably like 11 30 at night to probably like 3 a.m so however however long that is so it was like five hours in a day maybe some all right 10 hours so it took me 10 hours of film to put that together so it's like and then get to practice and have all that shit ready so like we got into practice we didn't focus on anything else but the plays we got beat on i'm like if if they beat us on these plays they're gonna go back to it again test us again see if we can make adjustments and stop it and we fucking did and we shut them down and they didn't do really much against us besides we had one stupid play but that was it what would you say your favorite memory in Idaho was? Give me one on the field. Give me one off the field. I would say my best. Me- I'd say my favorite memory would probably be when was that Oregon game? When, the playoff one, right? Yeah, the playoff game when I was leading the whole football team out into the field before the game and they had the music playing and like we're coming down through the steps through the tunnel and they have the metal like bowl bowl ring sort of fucking thing that you walk through and like that atmosphere right there was 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 nice and like being able to just walk through and like i knew as soon as your guys feet hit that turf that we were gonna win that game bro swear to god that was and i was right behind you as soon as we hit that turf we were turned the fuck up Uh, what was the song? What was the song they had playing? Sharing locations. Sharing locations, and I'm like, this couldn't have been timed up better. Yes. Holy shit. But um, now I'd say that was a good one. I'd say my other good memories would be just like 
the fans who were used to heckle me and shit, like, during the game. At Tri-Cities. Like, How crazy was Tri-Cities? Tri-Cities was crazy. Like, those fans were literally on the field, pretty much. Basically, yeah. And it's like, I remember I was standing there a lot of times with my headset on, put, calling in the signals or, like, calling in the defense or whatever like that. In the whole entire game, there's just fans yelling, screaming in your ear, talking shit to you the whole entire time. Like, bro, I had a 65-year-old woman look down and go, fuck you, and just <laughs> flip me off. Right? No, so yeah, like old lady, bro, come so on. So, like, I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to stare straight the whole time, but I just turn and look at her, and then I turn my head and just start laughing. And she turns around to the crowd and goes, hey, that coach just said fuck you to me. Oh, my God. And I'm God. sitting there, and they all just start getting on my ass, like, screaming, like, oh, you're a loser, blah, 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 like, all this other stuff. And I'm just sitting there. I can't say nothing. I'm a coach. I just have to take it. So I'm just staring straight, just like smirking, like thinking in my head, like, bro, this is such a fucking great experience <laughs> of being able to coach like this and get heckled at the same time. Bro, and then they called you Pinocchio. I don't even think your nose is that big. They called me Pinocchio, and then they called me something else. Oh, white, oh uh, the white sneaker no, no, shit. They called me, uh, they were yelling twinkle toes because I had white shoes on. And I'm like, that's dumb. I don't get what the fuck you're trying to say, but whatever. But nah, those are good experiences though. Just like kind of going through that, just like people shit talking you and like, I even remember like coming off the field at halftime, like fans would be standing there when you're trying to walk to the locker room, like even shoulder bumping you oh, and yo, shit. There's nothing more up close and personal than arena football. Like no. people do not understand like the fans are at the wall. Yes. Like they're if you, like if you try to catch a ball, they're knocking the fucking ball out of your hand. Yeah. You know, if you try to catch it over a wall, they're knocking that shit out. You're trying. You're in a convention center playing. So when you're walking to the locker room, you have to walk by all the fans too that are in the lobby and shit just to get to the locker room. It's like even like fans will say some stupid shit to you, so so stupid just to get it, just to like try to get under your skin. Like I remember we were playing Tri Cities in the championship game. It's like the third quarter. They have 12 points. <laughs> it's like, no, there's a, no, it's, no, I'm sorry. It's the fourth quarter and they have 12 points. <laughs> and fucking guys. In stand, arena football, bro, that's basically a shutout. Guys, dude, they have 12 points and the guy standing on the sideline, he said, your defense ain't doing <laughs> shit. Y'all are getting toasted all day, all day. And I'm sitting there, bro, I'm sitting there trying to keep a straight face, keep staring straight. I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, how the fuck is this guy <laughs> saying that we're not doing nothing all day when they have 12 points in a 50-yard football game? <laughs> like, I'm thinking in my head, like, this guy is crazy. He kept saying it, saying it, saying it. Bro, I will never forget. I'm standing in the end zone and he's right next to me. We sack them, Right. And this is when they're on their goal line going in. We sack them. And he steps back and, it, and it's going on the second down. He's like, I'm telling y'all, they're going to score. They're going to score, right? So now it's third down. No, I'm sorry. It's second down. They got the ball on, on like the three-yard line going in. Stuff him again on a run play. He said, oh, y'all getting lucky. Bro, I'm just <laughs> sitting there because, again, this guy's hella close to me. And like Bro, he could probably touch you, right? Touch, he could, if he reached out, he's grabbing my shoulder. Like, he could have he took my headset off my head if he wanted to. So, like, he's sitting there and he's like, y'all got lucky. I'm telling y'all. Literally, bro, all I'm thinking about calling into the defenses in my head, like, please stop him. Like, I can't let this guy get the satisfaction of them scoring on us right now. Like, that's all I kept thinking about, right? So third down comes. They try to fucking run the football again. Stuff them. 
Fourth down comes, this guy goes, watch, y'all fucked. Y'all fucked. Fourth down comes, we stuffed him <laughs> for the fourth time. I wanted to turn around and just, ah, like right in this fucking guy's face. I was like, keep it, keep it as professional as you possibly can. All I did was run up to the defense, dab everybody up and jog off the field. I'm like, that was a great moment in this game just to shut that guy the fuck up. But like that goes to show you how arena football, like it's right there. Bro, low-key, like, you got to respect tri Cities and what they're doing over there but with honestly, the organization. That's a good football team. Yeah, they, you got to respect that. The fan base they have and the setup they have is pretty dope. Like, like you can't even knock it. Their fans are loyal as fuck, first off. They got jerseys and shit. Second of all, like, they got a lot of good players on their football team. Like, I remember when they, when we were playing them, they had, like, a guy from, like, Oregon State, Washington, um, a few other places, but they were good. They were physical. They were big. I just, they just shut us down. They shut us down offensively. Dude, we lost like three times to them in a month. Yeah. Nah, them games are crazy. Those games are gritty too. We had, uh, we had, um, that's you. Go ahead. My bad. No, but, um, we had some good games against them. Like, even thinking it back, like, the regular, the last regular season game that I was a defensive coordinator in. I was so confident that we were going to win that football game. The the, the championship no, game? No, the regular season game that we had. Oh, at, uh, at Tri-City? Yeah, you know, like, that was my first game as a defensive coordinator. Dude, they were all, like, one-score games. All, all one-score games, and, like, it's like you think you're like, how the fuck did we lose, but... All the time. Now, arena football is a great experience. Dude, the road trips, like, to the games, back from the games, like, they sucked, but, like, the experience was... It was fun. Yeah. Like, we were, we were complaining then, but now we look back and, like, yo, that shit was actually fun. That shit was a great time. Um, but, like, I, would I would I coach arena football again? Probably not. Um, right. I definitely want to coach arena football again. Just, just not my style of football, A. Um, I think also, too, when it comes to arena football, I think there's, mm, I don't know. It's just, some things, some things could be a little bit better than others, but, like, I don't know. Just arena football is not really my style. Like, for me personally, like, I'm 11 on 11. You want to be a college coach. I'm like, I want to be a college football coach and all that other stuff. So, it's like, it's not, it's not, it's not me. Um, even, like, you two, like, your style of football, you're not an arena football player. No, dude, I, like, I enjoyed arena, but I'm like, this isn't my style. Like, you were, you were successful. Like, you had a good time. Like, I don't know what you scored. Like, fucking. I had 13 touchdowns in seven games. 13 touchdowns in seven games. Like, you played good, but, like, when it comes to arena football, bro, like, the short, the short field kind of, like, benefits, like, a lot. Like slower bene- players. It benefits slower players. Like, let's say, for Because you don't got to run with me for that a, long. In 11-on-11 football, you can get an outside zone. You can get a jet. You can get a screen or whatever it is. And you can hit the edge and just beat him with speed and yes. bend it and, and, like, get around. In arena football, you're so compact where it's, like, you're you're going to have to meet that guy square up. Yeah. Like, and that's what makes the game so much more physical because it's, like, you have so much less room to run with a fucking wall as you're out of bounds. So it's, like, you running the football, it's either, like, do you want to get smashed into this metal wall right here or would you rather just put your head down and try to run this guy over? And it's, like, that's what makes arena football, like, such a physical football game. Bro, I remember getting the ball sometimes, bouncing it outside right in arena, and everybody's trailing. It's, like... You have the wall to the left of you and everybody on the other team on the right of you. So mm-hmm. it's like you're gearing up and you go, here we fucking go because here comes a collision. Yes. Four guys, four D linemen, big as fuck coming to crack me. 
So here we go. We'll finish up right here. Favorite off-field experience in Idaho? Favorite off-field experience? Yes. What was, like, your favorite thing off the field in Idaho? Maybe story or just overall shit off the field you were doing? I'm trying to think right now. I'm trying to think of some good experience. Oh, pretty good time out there. There's a lot of things that went on. Um, you know how... You know how I expressed last time on the podcast about me being in, being single again and all those other sort of things. Um, you know, there's been some, some some sort of changes in my life again. <laughs> oh God! But um, no, I would say one of my one of my better experiences was finding my um, significant other. Oh my God! When I was out there. I would also say like um. I don't know, just, like, the nights that we had of just coming home from practice and, like, whatever, and just, like, chilling with dudes at the crib, like, that alone was just, like, the funnest experiences that you had out being out there. Like, just us bullshitting, like, just doing, like, locker room type shit, like, in the house, in the crib, so it was, like, it was cool, so, like, and just being able to, like, meet dudes that you would never think that you would come across in your life. Bro, we talk about that all the time. I said on here, me and you, two only white dudes in the house. With dudes from yeah. all over. And it's like another thing, too, is it's like, you have, you, you, th- when you don't meet other people from like certain sections of the world. The Midwest. Like you, like everybody has, everybody's stereotypes. So like you have a certain perspective on how you think certain people are. And it's like, and it's crazy because it's like you meet these people from these certain different places and like you think they would act a certain way, but like they really don't. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like being, like going to Idaho, like I'm thinking in my head, like it's going to be some, some hillbilly type people. Like, and they're just like, like somebody, you know, from back here, like weird shit, but like, they're just normal people that you would get like out here or like wherever else. And it's like, I met dudes from like fucking St. Louis, California, Arizona, Texas, Louisiana, um, Montana, Oregon, like all these different places. And like, there's, it, it, it was, it was an awesome experience because it's like you, you, you get to meet so many different types of people and like get to see how like people from other places of like the country and shit like kind of are. And like that alone was, was pretty like good experience that I had and just like, kind of just bonding with those certain type of guys too which was also dope yeah it sounds like when it sounds cliche and people say well brotherhood but like honestly bro we were always together doing shit as a group the whole house mm-hmm. always together there's never no beef either how you got what did we have in there 12 something motherfuckers in there and no one fought in the house right no in college dude i had three other roommates so it's four of us and we beefed so much and mm-hmm. We had 12, 15 of us, and no one was beefing or fighting with each other, which was which was wild. Like, don't get it fucked up. Like, there was definitely times where people were getting, like, people were beefing and shit. But, like, the way that, like, it was handled, it was, like, if you got a problem, like, like confront it right now. Yeah. Like, like, dead like be a man about it and talk about it or go basically like, fight about it, but it never went there. Like, if you got a problem with me, like, come up to me and say something, right? Like... I'm not saying coming to me and say something like we're about to bang, we're about to fight type shit. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. I would say you influence a lot of that in the house, though, for people just to, like, confront it and get it over with rather than just lingering it. Because you're just, like, if you see if you saw it happening, you'd be like, yo, like, fucking handle it or, like... Like, the way I be thinking, too, is, is like, <clears throat> if you got a problem with me, 
say something to me. Like, like I don't have a, I don't, me personally, bro, I don't got a problem with nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't got beef with nobody. I don't never compete with another man. Like, ever. Why would I be in competition with another man? Like, what the fuck? Right? So it's like, I don't think that way. But, like, if a person got a problem with me, come up to me and say something. We could talk about it, right? We could try to figure something out. Like, if you're trying to fight me, then, like, you try to fight me, like, I'm not trying. That's not what I'm trying to go to. But, like, if we have to bang, we have to bang. If I have to beat you up, I'm going to beat you up, right? But, like, that's not what I want. But, like, what I want people, like, what I just tried to tell them was, is, like, bro, we all live together. Like, we got a problem, bro, confront it right now. So it's like, we don't have And we that. all got to play this fucking season like, together. We got to play. A, we're a football team, bro. We got to live together. We have to win games together. It's a season. Like, we're all brothers. We're a family, essentially. Like, at the end of the day, like, handle whatever that is and get it done with. Like, fuck. Like, we had dudes slap boxing and shit. If it takes you slap boxing for 30 seconds to get whatever anger you got out towards someone and you guys dap up, shake hands, and go play a fucking video game together right after, like whatever like do what you gotta do we had, we were wrestling and out. shit in there yes the wrestle slap box but it never was it never was like we weren't doing no closed fist i'm gonna punch you in the face i dead ass hate you type shit it never was that it was, i think it was always respect always like you had to think at the end of the day we're all grown-ass men living together <laughs> yes ain't no one want to be living in the, with another grown-ass man either so it's no, like it's like none of us want to be living together and sharing a house with 11 other guys like you being the 12th so it's like it's just, it just. It could have been. Let's just say it could have been a reality show, low key. No, it could have been. It could have been a prison vibe. Like dudes <laughs> coming out their room. Dudes not want to come out of their room because they're gonna think they're gonna fight and shit like that. <laughs> it, it, it was. You know what I'm saying? It was like the way it was structured, low key. The way it was structured, kind of. Bro, like, I remember dudes used to always joke around and be like, "Dudes used to always be like, yo, this shit remind me of prison. I swear to God, it reminds me of jail." And I'll be just sitting there. I'm like, <laughs> like I don't, I don't know. Bro, I will close up on this one fucked up story. Sitting out front, me, Shay, Justin, a car pulls up. Guy gets out, and he's looking at us. White guy gets out, of course. Cowboy boots on. Hmm. Looks at us. How you guys doing? We're like, good, good. He's like, you know, has this turned into some uh, sort of, you know, halfway house? And bro, we're like, nah, we're a football team. He's like, for who? Like, acting like he ain't never heard of us before? Yeah. Bro, was bugging out. But yeah, we got mistaken for a halfway house a few times, unfortunately. Which was not cool, but it's whatever. <laughs> but it's whatever. But no, it was cool. We had a fucking... We played basketball every single fucking day. Everybody just game together. It was like... And it was never like... You never had people who just hid in their room all the time. It was literally all 12 of us in the living room all the time together. Bullshit. And even like, bro, before practices and shit, we'll be all in the room watching American Horror Story. And all, and also too, on top of it, like, bro, we had like three cars, so it was like, anytime someone went somewhere, it was a group of us always got squatted like, up. Everybody's always. car was packed out. Yes. Oh, we gotta hit. We gotta hit here to get some clothes tonight to go mm-hmm. out. All right, yo, we're gonna load up. Yes. Shit, man, that nah, shit was crazy. Hell yeah. But shit, that's all we got for this episode. You got anything you want to say? Any closing remarks? Nah, I'm good. Would you do any f- more uh, more guest appearances on here? Like some fill-ins? I mean, whenever you guys need me, I mean, I'll be here. But yo, because we usually get good feedback from the guests about you, you know? So, if you ever want to come back on, you know, you're free. More than welcome. I mean, whenever you guys... <laughs> 
whenever uh, you and Nick want to discuss that other topic that we were talking about, we can do that, too. Yes, then we'll have that other episode coming out for sure, but, like, Nick's been ducking the podcast or whatever, so whenever he wants to come back on, we'll talk about that one. But This, that... Dude, has a, this dude has a job. Nick. Talking about has a job working. What's more important, a job or a podcast? Exactly. I even told him once, what's more important is family or the podcast. Like, you got to start balancing things you out. You have to start making <laughs> sacrifices. Would you rather, is he going to go to, rather go to work tonight or do this podcast? Exactly. What's the worst that's going to happen if he doesn't show up to work? Like, another guy shows up to replace him? Basically what happened here, too. Yeah. You showed up and replaced him. <laughs> exactly. But guess what? He's going to come back the next day and be on here. Right. Same I, thing. Unless I fire him. You could do that, too. <laughs> uh, who cares? I hope he listens to this end, too. But that's it. And that's that. Peace.